Feels like every game for the L.A. Clippers is a must-win. And this one on a Thursday night at Golden State with them sitting right next to each other in the standings was no different. But the Clippers had a collapse for the ages. A simple question. Are the Clippers cooked? And how much does Russell Westbrook have to do with it in his acquisition? Has it truly ruined the team? Going to be talking about that and how I feel about the Clippers going forward on today's Locked On Clippers. On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yes, sir, you are locking in with the Clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by nothing. <laughs> Let's get right into it. On this episode, going to be talking about the Clipper game against the Warriors. It would end up being the fourth straight defeat for our Clippers and their fourth defeat out of four games with Russell Westbrook on the roster. So we're going to be talking about that in the second segment, what Russ has done to the team. Has it truly fractured the team? Because there's going to be a lot of conversation about this. Obviously, a certain subsection of people is going to try to make it seem like it is all Russ's fault. But we will talk about that move in depth and what it's really done to the team. And then the big picture at the end because I think this game really is not just another game. I truly think this is a game where you really have to question a lot of things about this team because for so many games, and that just brings us to tonight's game, for so many games, I'm included in this. We talked about Marcus Morris Sr. and him being the weak link and him being the guy that Ty Lue refuses to bench or refuses to take out of the starting lineup at the bare minimum. Well, if we didn't have Zoo in this game and we didn't have Senior. Senior out with an elbow injury, I believe. If it's Zubots, I hope he's okay. It's a little concerning to me that he came back and then he's out again because we truly do miss Zoo. I mean, he's such an important part of this team. He does so much on the defensive side of things for us. But regardless, against the Steph Curry and Andrew Wiggins-less Golden State Warriors team, you expect the Clippers to go out there and get a win. You expect that after three games of losing, especially with a new addition that everybody's going to be questioning, that you are not in must-win mode. We as fans keep calling every game a must-win. I called the Kings game a must-win. I didn't call the Nuggets game a must-win because I didn't believe the Clippers could do it. I called the Minnesota game a must-win and the Warriors game. And in both second halves, the Clippers, well, in the, in the last game they were flat. This one they were beyond flat. It was truly a tale of two halves in this game for the Clippers. And I think overall, the one guy you can look at that it's some individual performance summarized the game for the Clippers was Russ himself. A fantastic first half, in my opinion. Even with the defense sagging off, he was doing such a good job of attacking the space. Just like I said, the way he can be effective, even if teams leave him open, is take advantage of the Clippers spacing, attack the basket, and use your passing ability and your threat to finish 
to draw a defender and then drive and kick or drive and dish it off to the big. He had some really nice links up with link ups with Mason, some good passes to shooters, but a lot of shooters on the Clippers just could not hit. And that brings us to the shooting percentage for the Clippers in this game. It was absolutely abysmal. And you got to give credit to the Warriors' defense, but in the first half, there was nothing special about the Warriors' defense. There really wasn't. It was 56 to 45 at half in favor of the Clippers. But in the game, they shot 36% and 21% from three. And get this, they shot 43 threes in a game in which they only made nine. So it was definitely one of those cases of the Clippers falling in love with the three ball and just chucking away. And Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, as the stars of this team, they need to do a better job of getting to the basket. Kawhi Leonard had five free throw attempts. Paul George had four. Need to be better than that. Need to be more aggressive, particularly Paul George. Because Kawhi Leonard, at least in the first half, he was seven for eight. He missed his first shot, but he made his next seven. I mean, Kawhi Leonard and Russell Westbrook, I thought were really leading the way for us in the first half. But the way the Clippers collapsed in the third quarter was just ridiculous. I know it's the Golden State Warriors. Third quarter Warriors is very much a thing. It has been for a long time. But the third quarter has also been the best quarter for the Clippers. It's funny because the second quarter has been the worst, yet that was their best quarter in this game, outscoring the Warriors 29-19. to It was actually a good defensive quarter. The help defense was good. Kawhi was getting steals and getting blocks. You know, He had two steals and two blocks in the game. Nicholas Patum's rotations were good. Terrence Mann had some good rotations. But overall, we still didn't have much resistance on the ball at the point of attack. We were getting blown by too much, and that's everyone. That's Terrence Mann. That's Nicholas Batum. That's Kawhi Leonard, who couldn't play defense against Jordan Poole really without fouling. And Paul George, the same. It just looks like everyone. And Marcus Morris Sr. just exacerbates this issue. But Norman Powell included... None of these players, and I guess Terrence Mann and Nico Batum have the best chance, but none of these players can really stay and contain the best players on other teams. They try their best, and the Clippers switch a lot, but there's just too many guys that are getting blown by and causing our defense to collapse and constantly putting us in rotation defensively. And that's the real truth of this team, is that the wings are too old. And the media needs to stop pushing the agenda about Paul George and Kawhi Leonard as these amazing two-way players. Because at their best right now, they're pretty good on-ball defenders that are much better off the ball, especially Kawhi. Paul George has a lot more lapses and miscommunications. I honestly think Paul's just a good defender now, but he has some pretty poor defensive games at times. And I think this one, he was very average. Kawhi Leonard is a fantastic help defender. He has such good hands. When the ball is loose, he seems to get his hands on it. And he has good blocks from behind, help side. You saw a little bit of that tonight or on Thursday night. But overall, the Kawhi Leonard, the way people speak about him as a defender, guarding elite players, he doesn't do that anymore. And I haven't seen anything from him this season to make me believe that he can do it at a high level the way he did in 2021. Not saying he can't do it better than guys on the team or, or, or guard people well, but one-on-one, -on -one, getting over screens and one-on-one, -on -one, he hasn't defended the way he did in 2021. He hasn't been as quick laterally. It's just the simple facts. And if And at the end of the day, we're not asking a lot of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard defensively. We're asking them to switch on to guys occasionally. But here's the thing. Most teams don't want to put Kawhi Leonard in the action. They don't want 
the guy that Kawhi Leonard is guarding to set a screen. So Kawhi guards them now. You don't want Kawhi guarding you. And you don't necessarily want Paul George guarding you either, but Paul George seems to guard the point of attack more. And Kawhi is still a better defender than in point blank. But it's an issue. I think the Clippers have a big weakness, and it's not going to be able to be addressed this season. I think they don't have a good enough number one defensive guy, wing defender, point of attack defender, to win a championship. And I think that if you look at the last couple of teams that have won, you know, you had Drew Holiday, and then last season, Andrew Wiggins. Those guys guarded the best player. And Drew Holiday was, you know, taking turns locking up Devin Booker and Chris Paul in certain games. And then Andrew Wiggins, I mean, did such a phenomenal job on Jason Tatum. And as for the Lakers, I mean, they had a slew of guys like Caruso, who's just such a fantastic defender. And then KCP is a very solid defender. Danny Green, a solid defender. LeBron was locked in playing good help defense. And then they had arguably the best defender in the league that season in Anthony Davis. I mean, that team just had much better defensive personnel from top to bottom I mean any team with a top five defender in the league type like Anthony Davis it's a different it's a difference and the Raptors you know going back to them 2019 I think their basketball IQs were just higher collectively I think it was just a more balanced team and and less redundancy and I think this Clipper team I I think more than anything I'm, I'm talking about all this basketball stuff but more than anything they just lack a little bit of I don't want to say a little bit they lack heart you know, when your shots aren't falling, that's no excuse to just give up and roll over. And that's exactly what they did in that third quarter. Their body language changed. You know, Russ got a couple of turnovers, but the whole team collapsed. It wasn't just Russ. Paul George is just having an awful game. Kawhi Leonard was the only one to start that third quarter that could hit shots. I mean, Mason Plumley was doing his thing, but the two guys I'm really disappointed in, Norman Powell and Eric Gordon. I mean, for the second consecutive game, they were both just dreadful. And Eric Gordon's stats absolutely lie in this game. He was our second leading scorer, 16 points on 6 for 16, but a lot of those were in garbage time. And Ty Lue waved the white flag with like 7 minutes left in the game. This is another nationally televised game, and quite frankly, we have waved the white flag in more games than we have blown teams out this year. And for a team that had championship aspirations and still acts and talks like they do or says they do, that is really embarrassing and just not true of a team that can win a championship. And it's just, I don't know if it's the lack of the vocal leader. I mean, I said Russ, but Russ has not been here for that long. And plus, you know, he's just, I don't think he's good enough at this stage of his career to be the guy that everybody respects and hears and stuff. I'm, I'm not saying they don't respect him. They don't hear him in different ways. But just Kawhi Leonard does his thing. But it just when the Clippers are getting beaten up, it doesn't seem like there's anybody that's, yeah, I do like an emotional leader, a Draymond, a Chris Paul. Maybe it's because we were used to Chris Paul for so many years. I like a guy that's going to at least scream at them or get the team to huddle up. It just feels like the Clippers roll over. And... You know, I'm not blaming Kawhi in that sense. I think he was one of the only players in this game. Probably him and Mason Plumlee that were decent. I mean, Terrence Mann tried, as he always does, but I don't think he was that good in this game. But, you know, Mason Plumlee had 12 points and 20 rebounds. 20 rebounds. I mean, he was pretty damn good. Three for five from the field and made all six of his free throws. But nobody in the Clippers was in the plus and the plus minus in this one. So you can't even look at that. Kawhi Leonard was eight for 12. Uh, 21.7 boards, 32 minutes, but... I think he should be shooting more. And I, I don't know if it's a play calling thing. I'd have to really look at that next game. But he may not even play next game. But 
Kawhi needs to be more aggressive. And that's why I'm saying play calling is I want to see if it's Ty Lue just not running enough sets towards him because we need him shooting 20 shots plus every night at this point because he's the only one that seems to be consistent right now. And that's why he's the best player on the team. I blame him the least, but I don't think he's exempt 100%. I don't think he was flawless. I think his field goal percentage looks good, but I still think he needs to be more aggressive. And his defense is is good, help defense, but staying in front of the ball, he's as part of the issue as any. I mean, because he's supposed to be one of the best defenders in the league. But I, I personally don't hold him to that standard anymore because I know who he is and how, who he's been since he's been with the Clippers. I think that his he's still, you know, he made it all defensive teams with the Clippers, but I do think I tend to like guys that are out there guarding the point of attack and the best player more than a great help defender. And Kawhi, he did that for stretches in 2021. And obviously in the playoffs, in game six and seven, he was the man on both ends of the court. But throughout the regular season, Patrick Beverly, you know, various guys, Paul George, we struggled with guys. Our defense wasn't that amazing in 2021. So, I mean, I think he had a good defensive season, but I don't think he should have made all defensive team that year. That's just an opinion of mine. And I think that the Clippers struggle with the point of attack because Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are partially not as good at that in that sense as they used to be. And even though they're going to, you know, switch on, even though they're not guarding the point of attack a lot because of the offensive load that they carry, when they switch on to guys, they don't have the same resistance they used to. And then Eric Gordon, Norman Powell, I mean, these guys are just not, they were poor again defensively and just not very good on-ball defenders. And then Russell Westbrook is, you know, in between Paul George and Kawhi and then Norman Eric, I'd say he's in between that on the ball. He's decent. It's just really Nico and Terrence are the only like really solid ones that can do that are asked to do it a lot and do a good job of it. And it's just not enough. And I just think the Clippers just lack a lot of heart. But coming up, gonna be talking about the Russ move and Russ's performance. Can we say that this was a bad move already after four games? Gonna be talking about that coming up. Nissan's most electric player of the week is brought to you by the all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. And that player for me is going to be Giannis Antetokounmpo because the Milwaukee Bucks have won 16 games in a row and Giannis just had 31 points against the Orlando Magic on Wednesday and then on Tuesday, he had 33-15 and 15 in a win against the Nets. So I'm going to go with Giannis as the player of the week. And the he's that's because he's electric, brilliantly fierce, and stunningly powerful, just like the 2023 Nissan Aria, which packs pin-you-to-your-seat power and premium intelligence all in one electric vehicle. The all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria, the electric vehicle for people who love to drive. Shop now at NissanUSA.com. All right. So Russell Westbrook, a total tale of two halves for him. I thought he was actually really solid defensively in that first half. You know, the Clippers did a really solid job on Jordan Poole in the first half, and that's part of the reason why they kept the Warriors at bay offensively. They were also missing a lot of threes, but I just figured the Clippers' bench is a lot better. We are. Our bench should be better, and that's when the Clippers, you know, started showing their depth. When the Warriors' bench came in, they were just missing shots. Clippers eventually started building a lead. And Clay Thompson, 
in my opinion, was the only reason they were in the game. Because in the first quarter, he was just getting to his spots, getting the step on guys a little too easily. And Clay's one of those guys where he scores similarly to Tobias Harris when he comes to on-ball creation, where he doesn't really have like a, a, a much wiggle to his game, doesn't have a crazy handle. He just gets to his spots, utilizes pump fakes, and just needs a little bit of separation to get a shot. That's how Tobias was when he was with us. Obviously, Clay Thompson, much better player, but that's the way he scored. He's not the quickest and stuff. He kind of can stop sometimes about 10 feet and fade away, and he was getting us with those. But overall, I thought Russ was amazing in the first half, especially his playmaking, his passing. I mean, he threw some passes that I did not even see coming. It was just amazing. But again, it was the exact same thing as the Minnesota game in the second half. He couldn't make a shot. He couldn't make a jumper at all. And it's very tough when your point guard, doesn't matter, not just in this era, but in any era, that can't hit a jump shot, foul line or beyond. There's no way to excuse it. And, you know, that's already, you know, going along with them not paying attention to him off the ball. I like that he was attacking the gaps, but in the second half, he started overthinking things after a couple turnovers. He threw one ridiculous one out of bounds over to Paul George where he just assumed that PG saw that they were playing him topside and would have slipped right to the basket. And just three turnovers in the third quarter. It's just, you can't play well. If you're going to play well in one half and terrible in the other, the second half has to be the good one. Because Russell Westbrook, in my opinion... This was a bad rust game, an awful rust game because the second half was just too bad to ignore. He had eight points and six assists. He had a team-high four turnovers. Clippers had 16 as a team, but he was three for 12, and which this is the stat I don't like, 0 for 5 from three. should never be shooting five threes. I know they were giving him a lot of them, but... And I've realized the coaching staff has clearly encouraged Russ to shoot corner threes because he's not hesitating as much with those. But I just really don't believe he should be shooting any threes at all. If he steps into the mid-range and misses, fine. Because I think he at least has a chance to make some of those. But the fact that he was missing, you know, wide open, those left-wing bank shots that he used to like, he's he missed everything. And defensively, I also thought he got blown by a couple of times in the, sec- in the second half as well. And that third quarter was just an absolute abomination for the Clippers. 16 points scored and 42 allowed. That's just a joke. The only ones that scored, it felt like, was Kawhi. And I also thought Nico Batum, he played 20 minutes. He should be playing a lot more than that, quite frankly. And I think that the Clippers should be starting him instead of Eric Gordon, who has not been playing well. I get it. You want to get some confidence. And again, it's all about shooting and offense with Ty Lue. And I just don't like that at all. I've disagreed with it all season. And you know what? I'm not going to blame Ty Lue much in this game because Marcus Morris didn't play. But at the same time, he has lost this team, it seems. They look clueless. They look absolutely clueless. They're not playing hard. They're not playing with fire. Do they even have... Do they, I don't know how much it pisses them off if, when they lose. It, I can clearly tell Kawhi's a little bit frustrated. But like... He doesn't show emotion, you know, and I don't know. I like leaders that are a little more emotional, but we don't seem to have an emotional leader. Russ is too new to the locker room. I think every championship team needs that kind of guy. Kyle Lowry was that for the Raptors, just emotional locker room guy. You know, the the Bucks. I mean, they have enough. I don't even need to go in depth. You know, LeBron James, Draymond Green, even Steph Curry. I, I've seen him get at it, get at his teammates and just, you know, show – he, Steph Curry is very animated on the court. I think Paul George and Kawhi, I always say they're just a little too cool for school for me. But 
Paul George is just a bigger issue. I think Russell Westbrook. So the, the moral of the story is this. Russell Westbrook didn't have a good game. He had a bad second half in the last game. So you can say he had two good games and two bad ones. But here's the fact. We're 0-4 since we brought him in. And I've, I'm going to still admit this. I don't think the Clippers were a championship team before that. I said it on Locked On. But if we're being real, if Paul George is the guy that has to handle the ball as much as he was before this trade, don't think he would have won the championship either way. But I do think they would have had a better chance if they hadn't made this move. I said that when we got him, but I'm trying to be optimistic. And I still think, you know, they can still win some games. But ultimately, we have enough doubts about Paul George as it is at the highest level. And Russell Westbrook is no different. And we're not even seeing it at the highest level right now. We can't even win a game right now. And we've been in games. We've blown games. We should have won... All four of those games, if we're being real. The only one that could have been an acceptable loss was the Denver one. We should have won the other ones, new player or not. And there's a multitude of reasons for that. And we've done a podcast on every single one. But it's just completely unacceptable from a team that has championship aspirations. But I don't think that they do because they don't really show it. They don't show it. And I think you need to go on a crazy run to end this season. But how long have I been saying that? I think it's best that you just don't, at least for me, everybody needs to fan how they want to fan. But for me, it's just best that you don't expect the thing. Because at the end of the day, I'm not going to get mad at Russell Westbrook. I'm not. Because we knew who he was coming in. At the end of the day, this is a bigger issue that falls on Paul George. He wanted Russ because he wanted the ball in his hands less. He wanted less responsibility. Even though the Clippers were starting to click. And you're, you're making Ty Lue's job tougher. But Ty Lue's okay with that because he's always wanted a point guard as well. So it falls just as much on his shoes as well. And Kawhi Leonard signed off on it. But you know what? At this point, I think Kawhi Leonard's just like want to get them to stop complaining. Um, but he's not exempt either. He really isn't. And that's just, again, it's, it's kind of the similar thing we people say about Kevin Durant in Brooklyn is that he kind of just let Kyrie, the secondary guy, do a lot of things. And, you know, without... Either I don't want to say repercussions because I'm not behind the locker room and I don't know that, but without at least, you know, being like, dude, what's going? Like, you can't do all this. It's going to hurt the team. What you're doing is hurting the team. What Kyrie Irving was doing was hurting the team off the with his off court, you know, everything. But KD was just playing. He didn't mind it too much business. Like, that's he's a grown man, whatever. Kawhi Leonard seems to have the same kind of attitude, but it's really like what we let Paul George do, constantly bringing his friends, it's just showing that Paul George, to me, is not for, I don't want to insult him, you know. I don't want to insult him because what do I know? But, like, he doesn't seem very serious. You know, now his new podcast came out and, you know, after this game, they you know, new episodes dropping every Monday. And it's just like, again, I'm not saying that a player has to be playing 24-7. Then he can have a podcast. Other players have it. But it's the same way I felt, you know, about Draymond Green doing it. It's like when you're not playing well – I don't want to hear your explanations or your excuses that you might make. You're get, Paul George is getting paid $40-plus million to be an all-star in this league, and right, and he got Russell Westbrook in, and you're putting a lot of pressure on your friend, Russell Westbrook, because now everyone's blaming him. Paul George shot 3 for 15, and he wasn't spectacular in the last game just because he was 10 for 21. Didn't turn the, I mean, he turned the ball over too much, and at the end of the day, he can be better. He would go cold for too many stretches. He was decent in the last game. Against Denver, he just uh, too many turnovers. At the end of the day, you got to be a star in the fourth quarter, eventually. And I'm very disappointed in Paul George. 
Russell Westbrook, yeah, he didn't have a very good game, but you knew who he was, and I'm not going to blame Ty Lue for this game because, I mean, Bones Highland. Play- the only thing I'll say about Ty Lue is Robert Covington is so in the doghouse. And coming up, going to be talking about Robert Covington, the big picture, everything. And if the Clippers still have some hope, they got a game against Sacramento on a back-to-back on Friday. Let me tell you something about Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, then you got to try it. I haven't had Built Bar in a long time, and I'm not going to lie. I really miss it to have pre-workout or even after a workout. And the funny part is you would think that that tastes like, oh, some, you know, cardboard-sounding granola bar, protein bar. But it's really tasty. It kind of has the same texture of the inside of a Rolo in the interior, like chewy. And they're made with 100% real chocolate. So they basically feel more like candy bars than actual protein bars. And they come in unbelievable flavors like peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, and churro. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like candy bars while also maintaining maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they're healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And these days, you don't even have to wait around to get a box and order from Built.com only. You can actually go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club and get boxes as well. If, If you get a Walmart, if you go to Walmart, you can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate or coconut puffs. And if you go to Sam's Club, maybe a 13-bar box with brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. All right. So let's just look at the box score for this one. The Clippers losing it 115-91, waving the white flag with about seven minutes left in the game. It's incredible. I really thought they should have left Kawhi Leonard in there because he actually, you know, seemed like he cared to a degree, at least more than the others, and was playing well. The only one that seemed to make shots. I mean, 8 for 12. All the other starters were really, really poor. Russell Westbrook, 3 for 12. Paul George, 3 for 15 and 1 for 8 from 3. Again, another game of Paul George just really settling. 11 points. Five rebounds, five assists. The only thing I'll say about Paul George is he only turned the ball over one time. Kawhi Leonard only turned the ball over one time. But it just felt like all the turnovers came at once in the third quarter. And you just can't have a barrage like that. And what you what they do is when they're not making shots, they just stop playing defense entirely. And even though their defense is already looking questionable, at least their rotations were sharper in the first half. When they stop, stop making shots, they just don't guard anymore. And it's just that's not. And what what happens is when they turn the ball over, they're so slow getting back in transition. I watched that against Minnesota and Sacramento, and I forgot to mention it on this pod. But we struggle to get back in transition immensely. We don't communicate. We don't pick up the ball fast enough, and we just are struggling to get bodies back because we're old. And that's at the end of the day, the moral of the story. But Robert Covington playing seven minutes in garbage time is extremely insulting. In my opinion, it's just he doesn't deserve this. The fact that Marcus Morris and Zoo were out and he still only played a nine-man rotation with Terrence Mann, Norman Powell, Nico Batum, and Bones Highland coming off the bench. He didn't even go to a 10-man with Rocco. Just shows how, quote-unquote, in the doghouse Rocco is in terms of Ty Lue's prioritization or his pecking order of who's getting minutes on this team. It's insane. I mean, he's a good help defender. He may not help our on-the-ball problem much, but he's going to cover ground and his rotations are good. And when he starts hitting the three, it's a really good sight. And he also just spreads the floor and doesn't do too much. He'll move the ball quickly if the shot's not there a lot of the time. So, I don't know. It's just unfair. 
Uh, Bones Highland played 12 minutes and fouled out, which was really weird. Reminded me of the other game he played against the Warriors, his first game, where they were calling a lot of nonsense fouls on him. But I actually like what Busy gives us because he gives us a little bit of life, a little bit of energy, and he can get to the rim and tries to get to the rim. But he doesn't really play defense and doesn't help that problem. So, And Norman Powell, I mean, he was just – and he, they said he was in a, his arm was in a sling after the game. Man, I mean, he must have been injured, but at the same time, the shots he were he was missing, they weren't like all short or anything. They were all like, I I mean, they were some were short, some were in and out, some were long. It looked like normal misses, but I mean, Norman Powell to have such a bad game after he was four for fourteen against Minnesota, one for nine and zero for seven from deep for Norm, two points, and Eric Gordon only started scoring in garbage time. I mean. It's really hard when two guys that are supposed to be, you know, your third and fourth scorers on this team have two dreadful games, two games in a row. And Paul George was just horrendous overall. I mean, this team, I mean, there's so much roster turnover. There's so much pressure on Russell Westbrook to perform right now, just given the spotlight on him. And the Clippers are just, they took too many risks. They didn't let anything develop. You can argue it's hard for things to develop with the health of their star players. The coach has had a miserable season. He's made very questionable decisions all year, but ultimately you got to question the players in this game on Thursday night. They just did not play with heart after they started missing shots. They didn't get back. They got reckless with the ball, and it really falls on Paul George's shoulders to me more than anyone. He's the one that wanted to go get Russ. Terrence Mann was playing really well in the starting lineup. The Clippers were 10-2 in the last 12 games with Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and Terrence Mann playing together starting. And I don't want to say they ruined a good thing, but we'll never know. As I said when we got Russ, we'll never know what that would have looked like. Now, I'm not saying the Clippers can still not look like a better version with Russ. I just don't think either version is a championship version. And that's my conclusion. Officially, I don't think the Clippers can do it. It took me a while, but I don't think the Clippers can win the championship. I don't think Kawhi Leonard and Paul George can win the championship together. I know that's going to be tough to hear. I know a lot of people think it might have been Russell Westbrook's fault and we would have been fine, but I don't trust Paul George. The stuff, the way he talks is not of somebody that has the confidence to be the second best player on a championship team. Because other, unless... I mean, the only thing you can say is to have a, a point guard that's more trustworthy that maybe turns the ball over less and spaces the floor for them better. But let's say you put Fred Van Vliet on this team. At the end of the day, you need Paul George to still be a great player it, when it counts most. And if he can't even perform consistently in regular season basketball, what makes you think when guys like Drew Holiday, guys like Andrew Wiggins, these guys are going to be guarding him in series with the pressure on that he's going to perform? Maybe in the first round, maybe even the second round. Conference finals and finals. Let me just tell you, there's a reason he hasn't made it past the conference finals. And yeah, he hasn't been the second best player in a playoff series with Ty Lue. It hasn't ended one. But I'll tell you this. The way it's going right now, if the Clippers don't have a miraculous turnaround, and I want to be wrong so badly, but so far I've been right. And I tried to you know, tell myself, I'm going to be wrong about Russ. I'm going to be wrong about John Wall. Looks like I was right. I was right. I was definitely right about John Wall. Um, but Russell Westbrook, 
I mean, I said I was against it. It's been four games and the, the results are 0-4. Even if it's the percentage of what is Russ's fault on the court, you know, I think that's going to be overblown for sure because he's had good games. But at the end of the day, it was a risk the Clippers didn't need because Russell Westbrook is a big name and you just knew Ty Lue was, you're going to try to get him incorporated and they have Paul George saying, you know, it's going to take time. The Clippers don't have time. And right now they're clinging on for dear life. And it's simply not fair to the fans at all because it's not a serious approach. This is not how you win a championship. There's too many home run plays, too much caution, precaution, which sounds like a contradiction, but it's not. Home run plays in terms of front office stuff with the Russ move and a lack of seriousness from the coaching staff and the medical staff. And also the players. The players, have, we, I've made too many excuses for them by saying medical staff and coaching. At the end of the day, where's, where's the consistent fight from them? Nico Batum and Terrence Mann are the only ones. It's not good enough. It's not good enough. And I really apologize to all my Clipper fans for, for having to be subject to me saying that. And if you disagree, I want you to comment. Um, I'm going to ask the simple question. The pin question today is, do you agree with me that the Clippers are just not a championship team? With or without, I'm going to say with or without Westbrook. The team before going into the deadline and this one. And I know the, the answers are probably going to be overwhelmingly, we had a chance before Westbrook. I think a lot of you guys are going to comment that. But I think, we, I, I think that's true. But realistically, there's a reason that team was barely above 500 as well. And I think the biggest issue, and I think we'll see it in the playoffs, is going to be the performances of the two stars. I have trust in one, but I don't have trust in the other. And I think... Paul George, he's gotten everything he's wanted. He's gotten paid. He's gotten his friends. But I heard after the game, Kawhi Leonard's not going to play on Friday against Sacramento. Still doing the load management. I thought at some point we were going to be able to get him off back to back, uh, off missing back to backs. I get it. Quad injury. But we just, you want to trust Paul George the way he's playing to go lead us into battle in a hostile Sacramento the way they've been playing? Again, just they don't, the regular season games just don't seem to matter to them. What I mean, what good is it if we have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George healthy to lose? Because you don't know if they're going to get hurt. It's just not worth it. You're just robbing the fans, in my opinion. And Paul George, I mean, they need a vintage performance from him to get a win. They got a win without Kawhi Leonard in Sacramento earlier this season, but that's before they became the kings that we know now that are a top seed in the West, top three seed. Paul George... They said so. Kawhi's not going to play on Friday, right? Which sucks. But Paul George, they're saying they're going to see how he feels after a night of sleep. It's like, do you, I made this joke, but do you want to tuck him in and wish him a bedtime story as well? Like, what is going on here? It's, it's a lot of pampering and it's a lot of excuses. And it's just, in my opinion, a lack of urgency. We've been saying they got to kick it into gear. It's only going to get better. Wait till after the All-Star break. Wait till the new year. Wait till they make. Wait till after the trade deadline. Russ move or not, they roll over too easily. And I apologize to all the fans, even though I'm not playing. But it's it's just tough. I know it's tough to hear me say all this. And I, if if you disagree, I would love to hear why. Uh, I'm trying to be. I've tried so hard to be optimistic, but I feel like I've I've also been feeding you maybe information that's not true in a way by saying that the Clippers can still win the championship and all that. Maybe I'm just selling false hope. 
and I just got to tell myself that it's not not going to happen because it seems like whenever I lose hope on the Clippers for real, they always come through. So maybe it's the time to say they're not going to win, so they start winning. Maybe the anti-jinx. But you let me know. I mean, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DimeDropperPod. Uh, subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, where I also went live after the game. Subscribe to Locked On Clippers on YouTube. And make sure to comment on today's pin question. Were the Clippers a championship team this year at all, at any point? Before the uh, trade deadline, after the trade deadline, before the Russ move, after the Russ move. Clippers lose it 115-91. to They only scored 35 points in the second half. The Warriors scored 70. So, absolutely embarrassing. A grand total of... 23 points from the Clipper bench. They also said it was the lowest amount of points the Golden State Warriors allowed in the entire season. The Warriors are now 26 and 7 at home, 33 and 30 on the season, and the Clippers are 33 and 32 and now stand in 7th place in the play-in spot with Minnesota in uh, behind them and Dallas in front of them. If the Clippers are in the play-in, oh my god. Thanks for making Locked On Clippers your first listen today. Now make your second listen game-to-game NBA. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On game-to-game coverage every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow game-to-game on Locked On NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. I love this team with every fiber of my being. It's really hard talking about these games in a loss. I hope you can tell that. I try my best. To be as entertaining as I can, I I really hate being doom and gloom. I really hate it, and I know on this night I was, or on you know this episode I was, but I I don't want to lie to you guys. I don't want to sell false hope. This team has shown nothing to indicate a championship team, and eventually they have to win, right? And I can change my tune at least for an episode and be happy, but it, it feels like an eternity between because four games and then the All Star break. Since the Clippers have won. It was just that Phoenix game, but it feels so long ago. Thank you for listening. The age-old proverb continues as always. Go Clippers.